Our American values, as you know, are under attack. Uh, our financial system is a wreck. You see that uh, Bitcoin hit 63000 uh, Oh, yes, I did. Yesterday. Yes, I did. Um, I want to talk to you about Lear Capital. Um, Lear can help you protect your, uh, your dollars. You need to get them out of dollars, quite honestly. Some of your 401k or, or I want you to make the decision. You just you call them up and get their, um, their free wealth protection guide. You can get that by calling 800-957-GOLD. That's 800-957-GOLD. It's Lear Capital. Um, I, I bought my first uh, bout of gold when Rush Limbaugh was telling me about Lear Capital. Uh, and well, I'd say my investment uh, has done very well uh, since then. Um, but uh, I got it from Lear Capital. You can trust these people. They'll listen to you and work with you. 800-957-GOLD. Just call them and get your free wealth protection guide. Please protect yourself now. I'm glad you're here. Uh, yesterday, I was out, uh, lost my voice yesterday, but I, I want to, I got to, I got to just at least mention the Kellogg CEO saying that, uh, you know, people are having a hard time making ends meet and, and Americans could save money just by eating cereal for dinner. Well, yes, we could. I, I appreciate that tip. That's always been a possibility for me. And I know you're trying to sell cereal, but it's a little offensive uh, to suggest that, you know, hey, we're under pressure and, uh, you know, eat cereal. People keep beating up the CEO on this, though, but it's not his fault that everything sucks. He's got cereal. It's delicious. Eat it if you want. It's a little like, and this is the way uh, she meant it, Marie Antoinette, let them eat cake. She... No, no, no. She, she did not mean it the way. It. Yeah, yeah, not in the way everybody interprets it. Yeah. But she meant, because she was in, in a world where she didn't have any problems and there was always cake around. So there's no bread. We'll let them eat cake. You can't afford meat. Well, let them eat cereal. I thought that's, he's not saying, he's just saying, hey, exactly please consume my, se- my crunchy sugar yeah. cookie <laughs> yeah. things that yeah, you're right. supposed to eat for breakfast for right. some reason. And you can also, hey, you can also uh, just pour vodka in your gas tank, too. So get to work on But this shouldn't we be blaming the administration probably, and not the Kellogg's guy? From the alcoholic, uh, the alcoholic uh, of America. Yes. 
Thank you. Because they're really kind of the same thing. Like, I'm with the alcoholic. And I gotta inflation or all right, let me tell you about Patriot Bubble someday when they ask me what we did to stem the tide. What did we do to slow the spread of leftist values that either destroyed or nearly destroyed our country? I want to be able to say I was proactive. I was in the fight. Uh, now, if I'm in a court of law because we, we, we lost, I'm saying I was, I was fighting. It was stew. <laughs> but it, one of the easiest things you could do is switch your mobile phone service to Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile's mission is to passionately defend our God-given constitutional rights and freedom to glorify God always. This is the kind of business I can get behind. This is the kind of business that I want to do business with. Now, they have great mobile phone plans. They're going to save you money. They're on all of the three major network towers. So you're going to get the same exact coverage, and you're not going to send your hard-earned money to aid the destruction of America. Get the same nationwide service while supporting a company that loves our country. It's an affordable plan for your budget, excellent coverage, top-notch U.S.-based customer service. What do you have to lose? You have a lot to gain. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Oh, hello, Stu. How are you? I, I was good until you brought up the Kellogg story. Yeah, well, I... I had forgotten how much that annoyed me. I don't know what it is. It's like it's like the guy's out there. He's doing an interview on, what is it, CNBC? He's telling people, I don't know, eat cereal for dinner. I don't know. Like, he's trying to sell cereal. You know, what, yeah, it bothers yeah. me that he that it would make sense for him to make that statement. Like, I'm worried about the state of the country that would lead someone to think that eating cereal for dinner to save money makes sense. Yes. But the fact that the Kellogg's guy is suggesting it, he's literally from Kellogg's. Well, it might be then you could also look at it then as... You know, stop being so shameless in promoting, you know, your your breakfast cereal with a national. <laughs> I freaking love cereal and I like it for dinner. OK, it's right. delicious. Okay, shut up. Um, <laughs> now, there's... Well, by the way, welcome back. I'm so glad your voice Thank is feeling you. better. Well, I'm really glad to be back in the same room with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got to tell you, Stu and I, we've known each other 30 years it's like a, uh, I mean, too long for sure, but I think 20, 20, mid-20s. We're think. like an old married couple now. But, <laughs> and, and the old married couple that argues for fun uh, yeah. and, uh, and just has no intention of ever breaking up, although mm. I have spoken to my attorneys anyway. Hey, come see me in the office on Friday. Um, all right. At least I can always have cereal for dinner. <laughs> That's right. In case things hey, turn the wrong way. You can have cereal. Yeah. Okay. So uh, there's a couple of things. Let me start with some good news. A judge, well, let me just read this. No individuals associated with the left who engaged in far-right speech and violently suppressed the protected speech of Trump supporters were charged with a federal crime for their part in starting riots at a political event. This is textbook viewpoint discrimination. Are you ready? That was said by a judge in California. He threw the charges out uh, from two far-right political agitators saying, this is selective prosecution. 
Now, these two guys, I don't know if they're necessarily, uh, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't consider Nazis far right, um, but uh, maybe you do. Um, but they're white nationalist group. I shouldn't say Nazis. They're a far right uh, white nationalist group. So they're people I really don't like, kind of like the people in Antifa. I don't like them either. Um, so <clears throat> what, the, what the charge was is these guys were holding a rally and the Antifa guys came with, you know, all the things that they do, intimidated and beat some of the people in this. Police came, only arrested the far right people, not anybody in Antifa. And a judge said, nope, sorry, can't do it. Not going to do it. If you didn't arrest the other side, you're not, you can't arrest these guys. I think that is a step in the right direction. That's what I've always been saying. Well, look, wait a minute. January 6th, why did you arrest all of those people when you had people stealing, breaking windows, burning cities, and none of those people were arrested? Yeah, I think my preference would be Everyone on both sides gets arrested for burning is, things down. No, that's not my preference. <laughs> that's the way America is supposed to work. Yeah, but my secondary choice would be nobody does. I mean, yes. it should at least be fair. Correct. Uh, Correct. However, I would like all of the people that burn things to the ground or start yeah. riots or beat the heck out of police officers. They should all go to prison. I'm fine with that. Um, let me uh, let me give you this now. Bump stocks. Supreme Court. The justice has heard the case. Uh, to legal to repeal an executive order from uh, Donald Trump, or was it an executive order, or was it just redefining guidelines? Yeah, it was that type yeah, of thing okay. where there was like it was an administrative change. Or, like yeah. you know, this thing we've already approved for eight years. What if we don't approve it anymore? <laughs> right. What if we let a guy build an entire business based mm. on this thing that we were okay with, and then just pull the rug right out and make right. him send? What was it eighty pallets? Of unused uh, and unsold bump stocks to be melted down. What if we do that instead? So one of the worst things that I think Donald Trump did uh, in his administration was just use that executive administrative branch just to single-handedly say, nope, can't do it. Supreme Court looks like they're torn usual lines, um, but there's a chance the bump stocks survive. Uh, the band, you mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, the, the, it's weird. The case, the way the case is set up is basically the question of they should have at least passed a law to do this. Yes. If you want to get rid of bump stocks, you need to pass a law to ban bump stocks. You can't just do it. And I don't know. That to me seems overtly obvious. Yes. However, I don't even think the the law, if it was passed, would be constitutional. That's that's maybe you know yeah, but, being a Second Amendment extremist or something. That's the way the Constitution and our system of government is supposed to work. You can pass a law and it's not constitutional. Go back and rewrite the law to make it constitutional if you can. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, or maybe just take the advice that it's not constitutional and don't try to do it again. But I right. I, I, I grant right. your point that yeah. it at least would be a normalized process. Correct. Correct. Instead, what they did was basically say, I, I don't want these. It's the administrative and, state. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it is what's, on both sides. I don't know how to convince people that this is one of the biggest problems we have in America. Congress doesn't do their job. They, they're not required to anymore. Many of them are in there fighting to do a job. But everything is a backdoor deal 
that you got to rush to sign. And then it just gives more power to the agencies where the agencies can say, oh, no, you know what? We have this guideline. Why don't we write it to include this? Yeah. And, and look, I get the motivation here. I mean, this is the worst mass shooting that yes. was not government involved in uh, in history. Right. And, and it was really, really a bad incident. But the emotions of that incident do not overwhelm our system of government. Right. And, you know, they they like this is just completely unfair. They they changed tens of thousands of U.S. citizens into felons overnight. So there is a there's a, another court case that the Supreme Court yesterday said they were going to take up. I think this is good news, um, and not just politically good news. The real question here is presidential immunity. Does the president, is he um, immune from a criminal trial for things that he did as president, not while president, as president? The answer to me would be yes, no trial for the, because that should have been stopped by Congress or the Supreme Court or whatever. As an official act, there should be, we shouldn't have a bunch of people putting their hands in their pockets going, well, I was just following orders. No. If it's illegal, no. Stop it. But can the president do an official act and then be held in criminal court. If that happens, you will just continue to be able to prosecute any president that's running a second term. Uh, so, and I think pretty much the line is set that while uh, president, like if you do something as president and you're currently still president, the answer to this is pretty much you they, they, they can't throw you in prison while you're a president of the United States. No. That's been at least the guideline. No, but it is also a separation of if the president murdered somebody while he was president, mm -hmm. uh, he should go to prison. You know what I mean? Right. Even I though would, he I would murdered that, somebody yes. <laughs> while he was president. Right. However, right. Um, I believe the way that would play out is he would need to be impeached he first and, and, and removed then, from office. Correct. And then correct. he would be thrown in jail. I don't, I mean, at least the, it's not like a constitutional, it's not in the constitution. It's, you know, there's not, there's not a founding really right. reference towards this, but the guidelines they've used is one, you're actually operating as the chief executive. We can't take it out of that room. Well, yes. And the thing with Biden is Biden's crimes were before he was president. Mm -hmm. So, But still, like if he was, if they went to this uh, level of they found enough evidence and they decided they were going to criminally oh, convict he have Biden, to be he would have to be impeached and removed Correct. before he, he yes. dealt with the punishment yes. of that. And when he was removed from office... He would then be able to be, uh, you know, go through the trial as as a normal person would. So here is the um, here's the w the ramifications of this decision. Can Donald Trump be held now in in a criminal case for his acts as president? The answer has always been no. Always been no. Um, otherwise, your president, if he decides to execute military operations and somebody says that that's illegal, then it has to go to a court. It, it would be it would be very bad for the presidency. It would just completely gut our president. 
this goes to the trial now uh, that everybody's so excited to hear. I'll talk about that in 60 seconds. First, dog's man, best friend. And for a very, very long time, he has been man's best friend. They're pacing around the campfire at night long, long ago, looking out with protective eyes towards the possibility of danger or hopping around in joy to the point of peeing themselves when you walk through, walk through the front door. They are special animals. I just, I just love my dog. And if you're like me, the natural response is you want to give your dog the happiest, healthiest life he or she can possibly have. That is why I started putting on my dog's food, Rough Greens. It's not a dog food. It's a supplement developed by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black. You sprinkle it on the dog's food. Brown food is dead food. You want the green stuff. So if it's healthy for your dog, it's probably in Rough Greens. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident that your dog is going to love it that they have a special deal for you. So go to roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN33. They'll give you the first trial bag free. All you pay for is shipping. 833-GLEN33. Do it now. 10 seconds. Station ID. All right. So the Supreme Court is hearing this, which would stop, or at least because they're going to hear it, slow down the Jack Smith uh, trial on Donald Trump, which is, uh, which is which trial? Oh, which trial is it? Yeah, so this is this is the, you've got four major ones, right? You've got the uh, January sixth. There's two of those. You've got um, the federal one, which is the Jack Smith, and you've got the Fonnie Willis one in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Then you have the other two, which are the New York with Alvin Bragg, and you have the documents case in Florida. Those are the four, and it's like I don't know, Glenn. Tell me if I'm wrong on this. I think Trump's in the best position he's been in since all this started right now. Oh, everybody has been saying, I don't know if I could vote for Donald Trump because he might go to jail. At this point, there's a good shot. None of this comes to anything. Especially before the election. Yeah, before the election, it won't now. Right, because if you think about the four of them individually, you have one is the Alvin Bragg, you know, Stormy Daniels thing, which everyone acknowledges is the weakest case. He's got all sorts of ridiculous, you know, laws he's bending to even bring the case in the first place. It makes no sense. Everyone, even on the left, kind of blew that one off as as frivolous. Then you have the document. And even if he is convicted of that... Uh, I don't know that I don't moves think, any votes. He won't lose any votes because right. it's just such a sham. Yeah, and plus people knew that story already, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so yeah. second is the documents case. And look, you know, there's a lot of evidence against him on that, on how he, especially how he handled it when they asked for the documents back. He fought it and, and, and potentially did not tell them the truth about it. Does he wind up getting convicted of that? It's possible, but what person you know picture the trump voter with the trump sign in their lawn and then they're just like they walk out one day and say i'm ripping this thing out of the ground that man stored documents improperly i just don't believe that person exists i don't know i could be wrong i just don't care how he stored documents frankly the the insurrection or stealing the election those are those those, could be big those are big those Those could be big big, but think about what those two are one of them is now being delayed until april just before the the it could even be heard nothing can happen from now till april 
But, April 22nd. Right. Then the Supreme Court hears it. But after it's heard, mm-hmm. their decision won't come out until June. June. Right. So now you're all the way to June before they can even start this thing. I mean, maybe they try to put this in August. I mean, the, the, the conventions are going on. I mean, we are deep into the election at this point. Maybe they'll still try it, but it's going to be very difficult and really... You know, amps up all of the problems with trying to persecute your, you know, uh, your enemy, your opponents even more. And then the last one is Fonnie Willis, which is completely falling apart. I mean, the text that came out from this lawyer who was texting the lawyers of the defense saying, yes, absolutely. This happened in, you know, 2019. And I'll tell you exactly where they met. And then he's on the church, you know, the stand saying, I don't know, I'm just speculating about that, which is not what he was doing. He was given multiple chances to correct the actual filing about this and said there was no problem with it. I mean, it's and that's just what we know so far. I mean, this is they completely lied. So to the far, court. there are three attorneys that should lose their license. Yeah, at least. Probably. At least. And, and personally, I think they should pay a very hefty fine and well, possibly. I think Fanny, uh, Fanny Willis for, and her boyfriend absolutely should go to jail. They were defiant. They knew what they were doing. They didn't even have to test. She didn't even have to testify about it. But she wanted to. She uh-huh. walked on that stand with the intent of lying. And, Gone. And, and everyone I talk to is like, nothing ever happens to these people when this happens. Everyone, and there's no justice. I mean, and, it, and that may be true. But I will say, this judge in particular was a member of the Federalist Society. He was appointed by a Republican. Uh, he seems to have the right approach here, at the very least. I don't know. Maybe we'll still be disappointed. But he does not. He doesn't. I don't think he's just taking this as like, oh, I can't no. wait for a, to, to give Fonnie Willis a free pass on this. I don't think that's his approach. We will see how this turns out. I don't know for sure. But all of these things, at the very least, Trump is going to have a really good argument, even if he gets convicted in the Georgia case. If he can come out like, these people are obviously corrupt. Correct. And and, and it Correct. won't be one of those like and, reflexive, reflexive defenses where you're just like, you're complaining about everything. They're going to have a really good case that this was corrupt. And the other one, if it makes it to court, is in... The District of Columbia. Yeah. So, I mean... I don't know. He's even a... I I think he's had a great week, Donald Trump. Yeah. I think he's had a great week. I mean, a lot of this stuff is going to cost him money probably in the long run, but, uh, you know, when it comes to this election, I think he's in the best position he's been in in a very long time. Once again, the media seems to be in the position of, we got him this time, we got him this time, this time we got him. Oh, crap, maybe we don't have him. (laughs) Dear Shooter, I know that you have uh, noticed the ammo prices. Ammo prices are insane. And every time you go to the range, it's like you're just setting money on fire. Um, However, you got to get better. You have to to train. You have to be handling your gun a lot. Um, If you hire a firearms instructor on top of that, oh my gosh, how much money? Getting good with guns, which is an essential part of protecting your freedom and the freedom of those that you love, is quickly becoming a rich man's game, and that's not unintentional. This is why you need Mantis X. It is a high-tech, easy-to-use system used widely by the military. Uh, It will help you improve your shooting really quickly. I, I played around with it for, oh, the first time, 15 minutes maybe. And uh, I had a score, I think, of 86. 
I was set up at 94 within 15 minutes because it just tells you what you're doing wrong. You don't you dry fire or use live ammunition. Mantis X, MantisX.com. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the code Glenn and save 20 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. So I don't want to talk insider radio kind of stuff. But this is very important for you to understand. The power of your local stations, uh, it is, it's absolutely critical. Um, and a lot of damage has been done by these giant corporations owning everybody. There's no real mom and pops left anymore. Um, and I think personally that's a problem. Uh, however, the largest radio corporation is the one that I have worked for, worked for and with now since 1989, was Clear Channel. It's now iHeart Radio, um, and it's the largest broadcaster in America. the The second largest. What do they rename it to? It. it Odyssey. Yeah, Odyssey. Is it Odyssey? Yeah, it's Odyssey. I think. Right. Odyssey's one of them. I just don't know which one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. The the J Core. The old J Core. Yeah. yeah anyway, they've changed so many. Yeah, times they've changed now, so many yeah. times. We don't even. Um, but that one just was purchased by the Soros Group. Okay, second largest. Um, and then the third largest looks like it may go to a Singapore group, so not even owned by America. Really not a good thing. Brendan Carr is the FCC commissioner who I, I just am a big fan of because he actually will speak out on behalf of the American people and freedom of speech. He issued a warning a couple of a uh, couple of days ago. The FCC just ordered every broadcaster to start posting a race and gender scorecard that breaks down the demographics of their workforce. Act- activists lobbied for this because they want to see businesses pressured into hiring people based on their race and gender. Uh, we welcome Brendan Carr to the program now. Hi, Brendan. So good to be back with you. Thanks for having me on. So what does this mean for the average radio station and radio group? What does this mean? Yeah, this is a pretty wild decision by the FCC. And you're right that it has to do with broadcasters, but it's also part of a more broad effort to sort of compel businesses at large, even outside the broadcaster context, to hire or not hire people. Uh, based on their race and gender. And so the FCC tried to do this many, many years ago. In fact, twice before the FCC has sought to pressure broadcasters into hiring people based on race and gender in violation of the equal protection components of the Constitution. And the courts have struck the FCC down twice. But now here the FCC goes again for a third time. And as you noted, it's going to require every single broadcaster to publicly disclose a race and gender scorecard that lists every employee across these demographics lines. And the FCC's record was very clear. The one reason why activist groups and others wanted the FCC to do this is because they want to launch public pressure campaigns targeting individual stations if they don't have what the activists view as some proper uh, balance or the right number of some unspecified amount of race and uh, and ethnicity uh, employees. And so it's deeply deeply concerning. 
So what is terrifying to me is the arrogance of so many people on the left. The, 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 this whole woke thing is completely falling apart. It's falling apart like in ways yeah. I never expected. I don't know if anybody saw the opening monologue of Saturday Night Live uh, this last weekend. And the answer should be for most people, no. Um, but it was actually funny because it broke rules, the woke rules. Um, this is coming apart, and yet they're still going down this direction. Is is this a done deal? Is this going to go to the Supreme Court a, another time? Has anybody filed against it? Yeah, what's funny to me about all this, as you know, is the government is usually a little bit slow. It's a little bit behind trends. The government's yeah. not the, you know, the fastest moving entity. And so when in sort of the real world, you see the tide turning slowly against these sort of radical versions of DEI, that's the precise moment when the FCC decides to jump in and double down on that type of approach. I do hope it's appealed. There are a number of entities that have appealed this before in one. Um, and so I'm hopeful that some groups of broadcasters or otherwise will take this to court. But it's also part and parcel of a broader trend we're seeing with you know free speech in the country where the government is outsourcing censorship to uh, third parties, whether it's you know Facebook and Google. And this is the same type of pattern as well. We are trying to sort of co-opt uh, these activist organizations to force people into hiring based on, you know, race and gender. And the Constitution and the constitutional law is very clear. The government can't do indirectly that which it is prohibited from doing directly. So I do hope that somebody uh, takes this up and goes to court because it is part of these, you know, very broadly speaking, concerning trends. So last time you were on with me, I think was back in November, and we talked about how the Biden administration wants to control the internet in the name of equity. Um, I've seen the FCC uh, lean one direction or another uh, on trying to um, silence people. You know, they always try to use the FCC to go after uh, Rush Limbaugh, and it's always failed. Then it got very quiet. We didn't have any attacks, boycotts, and et cetera, et cetera, for a while now since... Uh, Rush Limbaugh died. Um, but I can't believe they've just turned their eyes away from the freedom that we have on regulated airwaves. How, uh, how is this developing? How do you feel about the future of free speech on radio? Yeah, I think you're right to notice this broader trend. I mean, when I was growing up in high school, uh, in the 1990s, you're right, there was sort of a surge of FCC activity there, whether it was, you know, censorship or political censorship. In fact, I remember uh, very famously when I was in high school, Eminem, the FCC won't let me be. And for a little while yeah. there, uh, the FCC sort of turned a corner, as you noted, in sort of the, the mid 2000s and for a while stayed out of this type of political uh, censorship type of activity. And it is concerning as to where things are going now, as you pointed out, the Biden administration is engaged in a lot of regulatory actions um, that are ultimately about increasing government control and then down the road, uh, increasing of censorship. And what's clear in this country as a cultural matter is we have to return to an embrace of free speech for, for a lot of reasons. But one is the, the soapbox is directly connected to the ballot box. And what I mean by that is once people start not trusting Americans with uh, the freedom to speak their minds on the soapbox, they very naturally go into, well, I also don't trust you to make your own decisions 
at the ballot box. And I think in some ways we're, we're starting to see that. And, and again, sort of switching back to this, you know, FCC order on race and gender scorecards, the FCC claimed it wasn't doing it to pressure people. In fact, one of the lead justifications they gave for publicly disclosing this is that it said they wanted the public to be able to have the data so that they could verify the accuracy of these disclosures by broadcasters, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. What, what exactly does the federal government want the public to do to verify the race and gender uh, of employees? How exactly are they going to verify that, particularly when the FCC is adding newly um, a category of gender non-binary? But whatever that mechanism is that the FCC wants the public to verify the race and gender of uh, broadcasters, I'm, I'm not sure we should be encouraging that type of conduct. Um, so the um, I, I think this is a, a continuing trend of the story that came out today um, where the the president directed all agencies to work on a plan to register more voters, which is not the job of the State Department or the FCC or anybody else. Um, and there was a lawsuit um, to by the Government Accountability Office uh, to be able to uh, see those plans. The DOJ has just rejected um, offering those plans and turning those plans over in this uh, court case because they say it will be confusing for the American public. Who do they think they are? And who do they think we are that we'd be confused by evidence of, of whatever it is you're doing, good or bad? Yeah, you know, it's, it's concerning this sort of paternalistic approach of not trusting the American people. I mean, that's the, the fundamental component of democracy is that we have to, to trust people. And, you know, the other sort of interesting development of the last couple of days or so, you know, as I'm sure you've been tracking, was this Google um, AI that has been sort of widely criticized for yeah. being biased. And I think there's actually something that we should give Google credit for with this in terms of a contribution to public discourse. And that is that it has laid bare for the American people to see in the clearest terms yet the bias and sort of partisan ideology that has been embedded in so much of the products coming out of Silicon Valley. And for years, people said, well, there's no um, conservative bias in Silicon Valley. And these Google AI chatbots uh, really make that clear. In fact, I, last weekend I went on it and I asked it to write uh, an op-ed against President Biden's signature uh, effort to control the Internet, known as net neutrality, um, and it said it couldn't do that. And I asked it to write one in support of that exact same policy, net neutrality, and it wrote a very long, flourishing one about it. And so as things move more into this space of artificial intelligence and AI, it's deeply concerning um, the, 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 the really serious partisan bias that clearly has been embedded in these algorithms. And Google came out and said, well, mea culpa, it was a mistake. It actually was not a mistake. In fact, again, hats off to them. They have an ideology and they found a way to code it deeply into these algorithms in an effective way. But we need to sort of step back and make sure that we don't have these biases embedded as these technologies start moving forward. Yeah, I tell you, the, the only mistake they made was that they were discovered. It wasn't subtle enough. You know, they, yeah, right. they're very exactly. into changing people's minds without their fingerprints on anything. Um, Brendan, thank you so much. I appreciate everything that uh, uh, that you do and you're warning us about. I'm, I'm uh, extraordinarily concerned about um, yeah. my job and uh, the, the jobs of those people who do disagree with the government for the first time in my life. 
I think I'm, I may lose my job at one point or lose my ability to speak out. That's never happened to me before. And uh, I appreciate the warning signs. Yeah, well, thanks so much for, for having me on. I think these are really important issues to track. Again, each one individually looks like it could be a one-off, whether it's these digital equity rules for the Internet or the government working with Silicon Valley to censor Americans' political speech or these race and gender scorecards. But you have to put them all together because they're not pinpricks. It's a mosaic. Yes. At the end of the day, it's about more and more government control. And you know the government is colluding with these large technology companies to, to carry out an effort to put more controls on more speech than we've ever seen in our history. And I think the good news is things are turning slightly. I think, you know, the, the, the maximum effort of censorship happened during COVID, whenever there's, you know, government control, that yes. COVID was sort of by, by definition, um, you increase in censorship. Um, and I think it's receding, but it's also, it's kind of downstream from this extreme version of identity politics. Cause once you divide the world into oppressors and oppressed, then it's very easy to take all the rights away, including free speech rights uh, of the oppressor group. And there's no sort of free exchange of information and free debate. But but we've got to get back to that as a cultural matter. I will tell you, thank you very much. I, I will tell you tomorrow I'm going to be talking about what's happening in Canada. Um, Trudeau has just introduced a bill uh, that is going through Parliament now that will make hate speech life in prison. You're engaged in hate speech. You could get life in prison in Canada. You want to talk about bone chilling. Uh, they are way down this road, and we've got to turn around. Brendan Carr, FCC Commissioner, thank you so much. Tunnel to Towers is our sponsor this half hour, and out of the ashes of the 9-11 tragedy, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has risen to the channel, uh, challenge of supporting America's fallen, injured, and homeless heroes and their families, and they need your help. The Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, the Smart Home, Homeless Veteran Programs, all of these honor the sacrifices made for us by those who have risked their lives for all of us and our freedoms. And I don't mean just the, you know, military. It's also those people who are firefighters and policemen on the streets every day. They never forget programs, engage people in 9-11 remembrance all across America. They have 80 runs. They have walks, climbs every year. Not to mention dozens of golf outings and barbecues all geared toward helping heroes that need it. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made. Would you help them? Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck Program. Uh, it is Thursday. We've got a lot on tap for you, uh, so stand by for that. We started the hour talking about the just the rat bastard from Kellogg's saying people should eat more cereal. And uh, I found out during the break that Stu and I have the same favorite cereal oh really yeah i didn't realize you had the same oh yeah you just Captain crunch you, you, i have a problem with it the whole Captain crunch line is incredible yeah and it's important to say captain he's not a captain no he's not he's a captain yeah he's a captain because mm -hmm. well there was an incident with the 
pillaging and well we don't need to get <laughs> no, into it now no, no. um but uh every time i have captain captain crunch mm-hmm. every time i feel like somebody has taken a fork <laughs> to the roof of my mouth i mean i love it he's so like much captain soggy but it's so, he's captain crunch oh there's like this period where you know when you eat it before it starts to get soggy at all it hurts, mm. you know, the roof of your mouth. Maybe it's just me, but it just kills the top of my mouth. And then it gets too soggy and you don't want to eat it. So there's like this 40 second time period where you're like, okay, it's soggy enough not to hurt, but not too soggy to eat. Right. And you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been there a yeah. hundred times. Yes. Uh, I totally agree with your issue yeah. here. I, I mean, it's. It's so good, it's so you'll good. put up with that. And you'll put up with it. I will rip my mouth up for it. Yeah, I've too. done Once it many, many times. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, I have a couple issues with Cap'n Crunch. One is the fact that they've discontinued uh, Cap'n Crunch uh, sprinkled donut cereal is one of the worst crimes against humanity. Because of I mean, in between eating a mean whole pot in there <laughs> is getting rid of the sprinkled donut cereal. Oh, for getting me. rid of it. Getting I, rid of it. It's really? it's it was so good, and they got rid of it, and I'm angry about it. The other one is just the oops all berries. I don't think it's a mistake anymore. It's been decades. If you really were making a mistake and filling boxes with berries over and over again, and I could I could say that's okay. But when you do it over and over again... One thing that will always be said about Stu, he is a seeker and defender of truth. I'll hold him accountable, even if it's Cap'n Crunch. Yeah. I'll even hold him accountable in a nautical court. To the the break with him. The Glenn Beck Program.